Hey everybody, this is the Summit Realty Group Podcast. I'm of course Blake, joined by Mr. Nick Williams. Nick Williams, and we also have Chase, who is the owner-operator extraordinaire of the College Town Pizzeria. Our local chef. Yes, yes. Good <laughs> so, morning, buddy. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, man? He's still blushing yeah. a little bit from that intro. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't like being talked about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a little bit about Chase. We've been friends for a couple of years now, I guess. Um, yeah. But you are a business owner, as I've already said. You own investment properties. Um, you were in the military. So I, I want to have, because we talked about this previously, but I think it's interesting for people. I want to talk a little bit about your history and how you got into basically investments in this sort. Were you raised in a household that was, you know, looking at investing in homes and businesses like this? Well, that's a great question. Not at all. My mom, uh, single mom, worked at a nonprofit. Um, her life was wrapped up in uh, the foster care system and getting these kids into better homes and uh, into temporary shelters out of out of bad homes. Are you? You're not foster. I'm not a foster oh, okay. kid Is myself. That from my, here or or you grew up somewhere else? Down in Kenai. Kenai. Okay. Yeah. So my mom, uh, she she played a big role in a place called the Kenai Care Center. Oh, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And um, so actually, my my little sister, we adopted her, but she was originally a foster kid. Um, my mom's boss needed uh, my sister to go some like to be in a better home like her her grandma just died but and before that her her mom just died and so this you know my sister had a lot of trauma uh growing up through all of this going on it was a lot of drug abuse Mm. um and then you have to have a brother like chase (laughs) and then she had to (laughs) always bring the lighthearted humor (laughs) right no um uh, well we did fight a lot as a kid i mean you know here's this we're both 12 years old. I mean, she's literally one month younger than me. Oh, okay. So here's this kid coming in um, who... Stealing your parents' love. Oh, you know. my gosh. It's not even stealing my parents' Our love. Tension. It's like, yeah. you know, finding new ways to to uh, push my mom's buttons because uh-huh. she's testing my mom. Mm-hmm. And that stress from that's leaking but over on you. that's stressing yeah. me out. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why why are you pushing the computer time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just listen. Like, yeah. yeah, like, listen to my mom. Like, I'm feeling disrespected because my mom's being disrespected. Yeah. But now she's my sister, and I, and I don't know how and to deal with that. she's just struggling with her own internal demons. You know, it's, so not, it's not like it's her fault. I mean, I, I'm and a big guy of ownership. It is, it is yeah. ownership. Like, it is her f- mm. mental was, situation. Well, but it's a situation. Yeah, it's such a mental health and, like, childhood angst and all that stuff is such an interesting topic. I think you can take yeah. ownership of your life but also be, um, realize that people you can will still get be dealt. A victim. You can you get can dealt different hands. Yeah. You and I, and maybe not you, but I personally have, like, and I'm not saying this to, like, put myself up, but to be like, hey, I've had a pretty easy life. And so I, I don't want anybody, like, I, coming in and me being like, anybody can do what I've done. It's like, well, you had a, a whole family that loved you and raised you well. A lot of these people don't have that same, and that's a huge foundation of life um you know i 
always said I had an easy life, right? White privilege. I grew up pretty easy. But I look back, and I mean, I've had nine concussions before I graduated high school. I came up from a broken home. My parents got divorced when I was 11. I moved every three years in the military yeah. from the time I was born until I went to high school, which was the first time I was anywhere for four full years. Yeah. Then I went to college for four full years, and then I didn't live anywhere for the same place for more than two years for the rest of my life until I moved here. So, like, I don't think that's hardship. Yeah. But if I tell somebody I fell out of an airplane and my parachute didn't open correctly and I bounced off the ground, which is a true story, they're like, oh, my God, like, you're blessed to be alive. I'm like, no, it's just something that happened to me. Yeah. Like, it, it, the way I process things are differently. And your sister, to bring it back to the start point, yeah, is processing her whole life completely differently yeah. than you were at that point. Like, Absolutely. So it's a crazy way of, like, kids at the same age can literally be from two different universes. Absolutely. It was yeah. pretty wild. Um so, you know, growing out of that, my mom, um, she really, she, she had an investment account, I think a 401k or, or, or the Your basic uh, employer set up kind of, yeah, the nonprofit yeah. version mm-hmm. of a 401k. And so, mm-hmm. um, or something. I don't remember, Yeah, but you know, that's kind of like her only investing that I, that I know of. I mean, I, you know, she's she's got a decent account now. She's about getting into retirement age. So good. So she's got some because my mom's retirement account sitting in her equity of her house. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we talked about that yesterday. I'm just like, mom. And I I, you, but. I do think that's most of my mom's. Yeah. I I don't think that's that, most of that generation's that yeah. boomer generation, and that's what we're gonna start seeing. That's another thing being bringing us back to real estate temporarily. Yeah, is all these boomers are on the verge of retirement. Right. They've earned it. They built our country. The millennials are taking over. <laughs> and God, we are amazingly hardworking computer people, but we can't swing a hammer for the life of us. Yeah. So that transition, a lot of businesses are going to come up for sale, right? I'm working with a couple of boomer business owners right now that are like, hey, i am got to retire. I'm gonna sell my business Man. for me. Houses, because that is their retirement fund. That's the rest of their life that they're going to be living off of. Right. So we're seeing a huge influx. Everybody's waiting for a foreclosure wave. There is a boomer home wave that's about to hit the market. There is a huge mm-hmm. retirement opportunity if you're investing in retirement. Go and look at Phoenix, Arizona, Phoenix, for Arizona, example. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the two biggest industries right there in the real estate market isn't short-term rentals and long-term rentals like everywhere else. It is addicted living homes, oh. kind of like rehab facilities, but it's not. It's You're renting it to somebody going through rehab. They get yeah. checked in on. So it's, it's one of those hmm. kind of... Couple beds of room. Couple beds of room. You got a support system, kind of like a like a college dorm situation, mm. right? In your fourplex or fiveplex or whatever. So that's one. And the other one is assisted living facilities, mm. where basically you buy the property, but this, since there's such a wave of people, these facilities can't build these complexes. So they operate like nurse owner operator businesses are arbitraging out of like people's fourplexes. Mm-hmm. And so you'll really buy it. They'll take over the fourplex. They'll pay you. They'll run an entire business out of it. And you're just a landlord connecting a check. So there's this huge opportunity, but that yeah. kind of goes into our topic for today because we're not talking about pizza per se. We're talking about how you grew a very successful business here in Fairbanks and how you're pivoting that into other investment opportunities. And so business, like entrepreneurship, it's the heart of our country. And for those of you that don't know, like you can buy a business at age 25. You don't have to build one. Especially how old are you? I'm 30. Yeah. And when yeah, did you start at college now? Uh, yeah, December, I bought it from, uh, from a partnership. Yeah. yeah. So, this is so let's talk about the origin story of you. So you, so we, we, we kind of left off of your childhood. What happened? Uh, and something I do want to kind of briefly tell them, how did all that affect you? What hardships did you come from living in that, you know, foster environment with your mom, trying to help her out be her support system that kind of set you up for success later on in life? 
Um, gosh, uh, I don't know if I know the answer to your question exactly, Let's but I'll explain. Like you know, yeah, call me Doctor Phil. <laughs> so I I went to UAA um, for culinary school because I really I wanted to be a musician, but I I figured you know going to a music school would be. A, a clear way to not make any money. <laughs> and so I went to a... Really could pull some chicks with it, though. Well... I wish I could play guitar. Oh, man. Yeah, so I, I, I love guitar. That's a, that's a big passion of mine. But um, I'm also into cooking, and I, I have been since about... I don't know. I've always loved food. I've always loved food. But um, I got really inspired by uh, those two shows, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, he's, uh, my, he's my idol. Oh, I know. Yeah, I travel like his and drug history and, and kind of like some of the depression, mental health oh, stuff he sure. dealt with. But his life, like if I could have any job in the world, make me Anthony Bourdain. Travel around the world, eat food, talk about cool places and cool food. Yeah. Dude, you're speaking my lane. I love that. Yeah. So, um, and then Andrew Zimmern, of course, I also loved him too. Bizarre Foods. Mm-hmm. But um, so I grew up watching those, loved those. Figured if I could, um, that if that could be my end goal, that's awesome. Like I want that. So I learned how to cook. I went to UAA culinary school, um, did three years there, got my associate's degree, kind of felt like maybe that wasn't the best choice because here I am with an associate's degree and $30,000 of debt, and I can't really make more than $11 an hour in the back of a kitchen. Mm-hmm. That was maybe not it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I, my, my buddy was like, hey, can work at this uh, aircraft de-icing company in Anchorage. So I worked uh, at ANC doing aircraft de-icing for a little while, and all of those guys were Air Force veterans. It was crazy. All of them were former aircraft maintainers or, or something similar. Sounds like FedEx. All, <laughs> Dude, yeah. all my friends at FedEx are like old infantrymen, and they're just sitting around Uh-oh. like living that Army life minus the uniform and the structure. Yeah. Oh. I mean, there's some structure you FedEx, but you don't need yeah, it. Yeah. So, so you're sitting there with a bunch of retired vets yep. rubbing off on you. Yep, yep. Uh, they can't say my name right. Nope. Uh, my name is Kimberl. Yeah. But, uh, Kimber? Ki- yeah, it's, yeah, it's Kimber, or it's Kimberl. You just kind of like... Bleh. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> But they're always talking about like I knew I knew about the chilies on Osan Air Base before I was stationed at Osan Air Base. Oh yeah, in Korea, yeah. Like I bet you know about downtown too, <laughs> dude. The set is the best. Oh um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the set is Songtan Entertainment District. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know that's uh, something. Hey, half our guests might or half our uh, <laughs> listeners might actually understand. That. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Um. So. So I uh, ended up joining. Yeah, <laughs> I ended up joining the. <laughs> yeah. I ended up joining the Air Force uh, in January of 2016. Uh, I, I signed a six-year enlistment contract so I could do EOD for uh, and, and get like an 18 grand bonus check. That's like the guys that. from Hurt Locker for anybody who doesn't know, um, but yeah. the Air Force version of that. Yeah, um, I was trying to be Air Force EOD. I um, I. I ended up developing something that felt like uh, shin splints. It was actually varicose veins during basic training. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I found that out only only recently when I got my VA disability. Oh, okay. So I, I ended up developing varicose veins, and suddenly it, it hurts to run. It yeah. hurts to do so much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I get medically reclassed, and I go into aircraft maintenance, uh, so I, you're de-icing jets again. Well, actually, I, 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 this similar. I was um, doing rivets and skins. It, it's structural maintenance. I was doing body work on airplanes. Okay. So, um, 
I, I so pimping that F thirty five ride. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Some in there. <laughs> Exhibit in the house. I'm just riveting on those F fifteens, man. Just like. I need you to take those aftermarket mufflers off those things, though, because if I'm in Moose Creek, I can't think straight. (laughs) Dude, they're so loud. I mean, yeah, like, uh, those F-16s are some of the loudest things, man. So, um, yeah, so I I do that. I I go to Osan. I love that. I'm not really thinking too much about money, but I do set up my my TSP. Good. Um, I set... TSP is a thrift savings account that the military matches nowadays. They didn't always... Um, yeah. And there's a match program to it, and that's because of the modified retirement system that now is in the DOD department, uh, DOD system. So uh, the TSP is your first kind of investment account, the first you know step to success. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, like I did Acorns, but I yeah. really did not like that. Acorns is where you like spend a ninety nine cents and yeah. runs it up to a dollar, and then that one cent goes into over a, a year. It, it had gathered about two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and um, I've been doing it for five years. I got about two grand in my account. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's really great, not. baby. It's it's really just a way to kind of like set a little bit of money aside for like yeah. a rainy day fund. I use it yeah. to buy monsters and pre workout and stuff like that. Totally. But uh, <laughs> I mean, that's it's all it's really for. But uh, going back to Acorn, shout out. They're not a sponsor. They're, they're, <laughs> they they're, could be. They could be if they listen to our podcast. <laughs> Their cards are super thick titanium cards. Oh, really yeah. cool. So every time I go to a coffee hut and I pay with it, everybody kind of looks at the card and I'm like, oh my god, what is this? It's oh, a really thick nice. metal card. I'm like, yeah, it's full. Oh it's yeah, my little, cool. my little ghetto dad joke. I love it. <laughs> nice, cool. Yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so um, I set up that TSP. Um, I, I get moved on to England and at RAF Lakenheath, and I have the hardest time of my life because the skills that I learned at Osan Air Base are not quite enough for RAF Lakenheath. In the Air Force, they have this skill system where you're a three level uh, for the first when you get to your first duty station, um, and I I spent that year at Osan, but I was doing a lot of like other things. Mm-hmm. They had me doing a lot of like escorting Korean contractors. They had me doing a lot of um, exercises. You know, in Korea, that's just that's just because they need bodies. They yeah, do. yeah. I mean, they, you don't have specific people who are trained to do that. It's always a detail, is what we yeah. call it in the military. And yep. so, like. Even when I was a company commander in the army, constantly, hey, we have a gate guard detail, we have a blah 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 detail. So I'm trying to train war fighters, and they're all too busy yeah. escorting people around. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so I, I have eight months of uh, training that I get from a whole year at Osan, and I'm supposed to take that to Aria Flakenheath, where it's F-15s, which are a bit harder to work on than F-16s and, and A-10s. You just went from Audis to a diesel truck. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I kind of eventually, you know, I'll spare you the details, but I, I kind of end up in a bit of a depression because I'm stuck in a loop of, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but my skill level says I do. And so they keep putting me on these jobs <laughs> that I don't know how to do. And I tell them, I communicate with them, but they, they and then they, they, you know, one time they put me back into this retraining thing for, like, the three levels that are, that have just come. And I'm like, I know how to do these things. I don't know how to do the next the next things, thing, the, the next steps. I, I have the basics down, but like when mm. you tell me to do a flush patch on an F-15 intake, that's where I have a hard time. I know how to drill out a rivet. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's not the problem. Right. Yeah. So. It goes back to that whole, like, and I love military. I love all my brethren in the military, but it's a very socialistic program, right? Like, totally. Like, you do this, and then because you've done this for a year, you should be able to do this. Well, you never gave me the tools to get from this to that. Yeah. And the same thing with healthcare and the pay structure and everything in the military. It's because it's such a huge organization. It is a military-industrial complex. Yeah. We can't slow down to the individual. Right. Reminds but me of but the you need to. You, we would have better soldiers, better airmen, better aircraft mechanics yeah. if we would just slow down and individually be like, what training do you need? Not yeah. what training do y'all need? You right, know? right. That's yeah. the problem. And, and, and I promise I'll get to my point. I do. <laughs> Appreciate um, it. I think we got about 45 more minutes. We've right. got, we got time. <laughs> I'm leaning into uh, photography because at this point I uh, started doing some film photography when I was stationed in Korea. And so I, not only fans. Uh, not only okay. fans, not that. He's not got the body for it. No, I, well, thanks. <laughs> All right. Damn your ass, man. Blake. All right. I think somebody would anyway. I, hey, there's man. always a niche, There's buddy. always a niche. There's like probably two and a half people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, let All it right. go. Blake's being so, mean today. He is, man, but uh, <laughs> I'm usually the asshole in the podcast. <laughs> what happened? That's funny. So, um, okay, yeah, so I'm leaning into photography, and I'm thinking about those days when I'm watching Anthony Bourdain. I book a trip to Eindhoven, Netherlands, because airfare is super cheap in England. Mm. Blake, and you got to pick on you. Say that city name again. I didn't hear it. Eindhoven. <laughs> Eindhoven. Thank huh? you. Huh? Nice. Very good. You should be riding a bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that's what they yeah, do in they the Netherlands. Like anyway, so bikes per <laughs> house. Yeah, or yeah. Per oh, yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that, uh, that's Get cultured. <laughs> Get cultured. You, you Alaskan Nimrod. Yeah. I've never gone out besides Canada. I've never been out of the country. So. Oh wow! Yeah, Dude, never off continent. I guess you could say. Bro, well, I, I got to take you somewhere, man. I got to go somewhere. Yeah, I loathe the idea of flying. Place. I don't even want to travel. I don't know. I've, uh, I'm a homebody now. I yeah. used to think I'd want to. Anyways, back to you. Oh, you're good. So, so I just um, I miss my flight. Um, I you know have have the hardest time going. Uh-huh. Um, some people need need some money, and I give them money. And at the end of the trip, I'm just like I'm broke now. mm Hmm. I'm broke. I have no money, and that wasn't even a very expensive vacation, but that's really all I want to do with my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? So then I, it's it's January of 2019, and I'm like, I am flat broke. How do I re-engineer my dreams to reverse engineer my dreams to get to what I want to do? And I read two books first. I don't remember which one first, but I, I've been listening to Bigger Pockets for like a week or two at that point. You know? And that's an investment, a real estate investment podcast. For yeah. Those who don't know. Yeah. And, you and know, books and a forum and a website. Yeah. And a lead generation platform for real yeah. estate. They've expanded. A bunch of stuff. They've <laughs> yeah. got their fingers in everything. Yeah. Bigger Pockets is, uh, is awesome if you don't know. Now you know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Everybody should have an account and follow Nick Williams on Bigger Pockets. There you go. Maybe Blake Shrek. <laughs> I was going to say. Maybe Chase Kimbrell. And He's maybe Nick will actually post more than the two articles you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to do more on that too. Uh, but it balls. is fun to peruse. They have calculators. Anyway, uh, that plug aside. Also not a sponsor. Also but not a sponsor. But they could be. <laughs> they could be. <laughs> Listen to. Um, so I I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and The Richest Man in Babylon and that's I, one of my favorite ones. Yeah, it's such so a good. stupid simple book, mm-hmm. right? Take ten percent and put it on the side. Like there, guys, summarize the entire like eighty page book for I you. I mean, yeah, like take ten percent, but 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 read it. Don't just take his word. And the for thing it. is, it really is. It's the story that <laughs> ingrains 
the application of it. And that's yeah, the thing, absolutely. it's not written like a boring standard, you know, business book where it's just talking about this is what you need to do, need to do, need to do. It's literally a story. Yeah. But there's it's like the Bible. Like the Bible yeah. is teaching you lessons, timeless, timeless lessons yeah. in morality. This is the same era, it's Babylon, right? But it's teaching you about how a guy became the richest man in Babylon and then if you pick up those patterns, it, it's unaffutable. I mean, it's it's, it's fact-driven science, compound interest. It is what it is. And I I actually I name one of my savings accounts Lean Purse Cure because the cure mm. for a lean purse, uh, a lean purse meaning a, a thin, like nothing's in it purse. And of course we use uh, not purses these days for, anyway, I digress. What I'm trying to say is it's a savings account. Mm -hmm. it, the lean purse cure is putting 10% into that. So I start saving, I um, use my VA home loan to the next year um, when I move to Albuquerque, New Mexico, I buy uh, a house with an accessory dwelling unit. Mm -hmm. I mother-in-law suite. Mother-in-law suite, a casita, as they say in New Mexico. Yeah, I like the little flair. Yeah. See, you wouldn't know that either because you haven't been to Mexico. Yeah. Oh, Mexico. Or New Mexico. I've been to New Mexico. You've been to New Mexico, and I was at the border of Mexico, and I didn't wow. go across. But that should is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been close. I haven't been to Texas. It's basically Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we lost those four listeners. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guys. Uh, so I, um, I, I fix that up. It, it takes a little while. I do some shipped stuff, kind of like Instacart. So shipped is kind of Target's version, but right. that's what I do. I, I run around. And what year and, are we in now? What, yeah, what this is 2020. 2020. So in 2020, I um, start the process to get some renters. I rent it out. Um, and I save my mortgage payment, just about my whole mortgage payment, which is $1,200. I get about $1,100 every month. Mm -hmm. I, I pay $100 in mortgage for that whole next year. Um, and then I move to Alaska. Uh, I get out of the military. I come up here, um, for a job and get a duplex. I get the duplex. I lose the job. I got a new job. I hate that job. <laughs> I sounds like everybody from 2020 until about today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still going on, right? Depending and on the interest rate, I love my job too. Or hate it. <laughs> oh man, I believe it. And then um, I I sold the house from New Mexico, and and again, I do have this duplex up in Fairbanks now. So I have this uh, Fairbanks duplex. I I get this job. I ended up selling the the house in New Mexico because my um, my property managers just started having these insane plumbing bills, insane like eight hundred dollar plus plumbing bills mm -hmm. for what? Yeah, what what plumbing? So I, I got yeah we all got rental investment property and stuff like that. So plumbing problems are like the toilet's clogged or replace yeah. the toilet. Right. Uh, leaky valves. Yeah. Right. Or water damage from plumbing problems. But then you're not hiring a plumber. You're hiring a drywall guy, a carpenter, that kind of stuff. So I never understand when people are like, yeah, I have these excessive plumbing bills. Like if it's you, plastic yeah. piping. It's glue. Yeah. If your guy's doing it correctly, it should be a $500 bill and you never have to touch that part again. Right. For 30, that's, 40 years. And so, so it's baffling. It, it was baffling. And so I was like trying to ask the, the property manager what's going on. Why is why is this so and so she just you know gives me a laundry list of things that just make it sound like 
you know, maybe she's got this cousin who's an HVAC guy mm-hmm. and wants to, you know, have a, have you a steady as job. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but I'm not making money anymore. So I sell the house because it's at the top of the market and um, I get um, a certain amount of money that I then put into this uh, college town pizzeria. Good. Mm-hmm. So that is how you can buy a business in three years from having zero money. <laughs> buying a house selling it. So before yeah. we get into the business side of things, let's take a quick temporary pause on the uh, real estate investment side. So um, be you are a land owner, a land owner, you are a landlord, and uh, obviously dabbled in real estate buying and selling at least one property at this point in your life. Yeah. So um, now that you have all that experience, because we preach about it all the time, but when mommy and daddy tell you something, it's harder to hear it. From your own words and experience, what would you say are some of the best benefits of real estate? Okay. And what are some of the like biggest pitfalls of real estate? Okay. Uh, yeah. Best benefits being tax benefits. It's always number one. Everybody says oh, cash flow. Man. Screw your cash flow. The tax benefits are ten times better. Tax benefits are awesome. Um, I haven't I haven't been taxed in years. Yep. Um, you can depreciate your building over 27 and a half years. You can write off any repairs you do it. So all of those things yeah. that you did actually depreciated your taxable income yeah. because you had to spend something on your business, which is your duplex. Like Absolutely. It's genius. Yeah. So um, there is some cash flow oftentimes mm-hmm. if you get the right property and the right tenants. That is and the always, right interest rate. <laughs> and the right interest rate. I mean, yeah, yeah let's let's tenants. talk about it, banks. Come on. So I'm Fed. Kidding. The Fed. Yeah, no, it's the Fed. You're right. It's the Fed. Uh, but, you know, there, there is some cash flow there. However, um, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you have a lot of these before you try to live off that cash flow. That's, that's a, uh, that's a warning to some of you. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not going to cash flow hard off of a owner occupied duplex. That's really that that's more like reducing your overhead Mm -hmm. instead of increasing your, your, your capital gains. Yeah. Yeah, and you know I've I've learned a lot in the, the last several years. So um, those are the two biggest benefits I would say. And then then the the drawbacks are now Tenant. you have tenants doing things on your property that uh, are very questionable. And some people are great people. Yeah. And some people are turds. Yeah. Yeah. I inherited some tenants. I, I've actually let's see. I've, I've, when I inherit tenants. Well, they don't always tend to be so great. Um, on the other hand. What I've learned in general, and all my tenants out there, please chat in the text and comments and stuff. Hit us up. Um, but what I've noticed generally is homeowners are a lot softer on their houses because they know if something breaks, they have to fix it. And tenants in general are a little bit, maybe not intentional, but subconsciously a little bit harder on properties because they know if something breaks, the landlord has to fix it. Yeah. And, and so that's... I think the main divide in that in the in the mind shift because as soon as I sell a tenant a house, I go back and visit them. I, I keep in touch with all my clients and friends and, and people. Yeah, you can see that they've they've like leveled up. They their their attitude has changed. Something's different about them now, yeah. and it's probably because they don't want to pay for that refrigerator door handle that got ripped off by the dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, yeah, love my tenants. Love my tenants. I do. I love seven out of my eight. <laughs> and I know the eighth one's not listening to this podcast, so. Well, what, what's <laughs> impressed me, I've been impressed with you, and I've probably never said this because who, who likes to give compliments, um, but is, so I've just, as a juxtaposition to your life, I have 
literally, I grew up with contractors, um, real estate investors, business owners, my grandpa. Like it's, it's been really ingrained in my life. And I always say this kind of jokingly, but like I legitimately believe when I graduated high school, I knew I was going to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. Nice. I'm like a month away from that. I'm, I'm not a millionaire. Just so oh, anybody knows. You're a month away from 30 or a month away from millionaire? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, depending how things go, it uh, <laughs> could happen. So anyways. Seven million dollar listing you got to sell. But just the different mindset where like, I felt like, again, a lot of the deck was like in, in my favor. It was a... Uh, stacked my favor, you could say. And I still have a bunch of fears doing things like this. Whereas you, who I'm not saying it was stacked against you, but you weren't even thinking about it really, like the whole money thing, it sounds like, until what, three, four years ago? Am I right? Yeah, or maybe five I mean, years ago? I, I will say I signed up for Bigger Pockets in 2013 when I was um, also just. But I didn't actually do anything with it. I got. I think I was the same way. It was 2008, graduated high school, going into college. I'm like, yeah. I just read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, which changed yeah. my life, and then yeah. I logged on to Bigger Pockets. And yeah. I think, I don't well, my, my point, point is, is that you're. But I didn't. Know, I don't think I logged in for seven years. My right. point is, is you compressed a lot down, and you were willing to do things that most people are too scared to do. And again, myself included, like I'm, I'm in a very similar spot as you. Um, and again, these things do scare scare me. And I can imagine if I grew up. Um, without thinking about it or not being surrounded by people who are already doing it, it would almost seem untouchable. But you, okay. again, the point I'm making is you just went for it. And it's like, it's a pretty admirable thing that he's like, hey, even if there are mistakes we made, which there's always some, um, you, you know, you go for it and, and get it done and then figure it out as you go. One time I was installing a grommet on a CV22 and my friend was like, Man, I've never seen somebody just go for it. That was the wrong sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the oh, my bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll drill it out, redo it. But, like, you know, I uh, I don't know, just just going for it. Because I, I, I guess I just don't have a great imagination for how things are supposed to look. And uh, but I still want what other people, <laughs> what, what other people are doing. That's like, I, I look at, yeah, that. it's a weird, I don't know, I'm kind of a weird person probably. But, you know, I, I see somebody doing something. Um, you know, in culinary school, it kind of held me back because I don't know what ratatouille freaking looks like. Right. But I still have to make it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what uh, I've, I've never had scallops. Am I supposed to take the, the, the thing out of there? Is that, you know, do I sprinkle? I don't know. Uh, like, risotto used like? to blow my mind. I'm like, risotto? it's rice. Yeah. Why are we calling it something else? It's rice. Oh, yeah. No, know. it's delicious. Put it in a dish that's like a, a something dish. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. I know that we like talked about that on the first day of class, but like, what's that dish again? Yeah, what does that look like? What's this? Yeah, so I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't always have a great imagination for how things are supposed to look. I, um, but I know in music there are scales, there are pre-planned ways of playing things. That, like there are major scales, minor scales, Phrygian scales. You, you memorize the scales. You get them down to your fingers. You, you, you memorize the way that they feel on your fingers, just like memorizing chords. And with that, you follow that path. That's why I just lean so heavily on books because like mm-hmm. I, um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't have anybody in the home showing me how things are done. So I lean on the knowledge of dead men before me uh, to learn about what they're doing because I don't know, I, 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 wanna, I wanna do that, but yes. I don't know otherwise. That's a good mindset, you know. Well, since you just mentioned books, let's throw a little plug in here. Uh, Everybody name, like, your top two books that you recommend our listeners to uh, Top two. Top two. Yeah. um, I, I, gosh. uh, I've been really loving Think Your Way to Wealth by Napoleon Hill. Um, I even brought it into the studio with me today. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. 
I I am too looking decide. At thank you. <laughs> Look at the cover of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I but I can't decide on, between yeah. rich dad, poor dad, and the richest man of Babylon. It it probably would be the richest man of Babylon. But yeah. rich dad, poor dad is is absolutely. I was say that's mine. So rich dad, okay. poor dad. I read in tenth grade. I, I've mentioned on the podcast like twelve times out of like the forty episodes we have. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. Everybody should read it. I gifted to all my friends' kids um, because my friends are all too old to actually implement the stuff, but their kids aren't. And so, mm-hmm. um, if you want to look for a great gift for a smart, driven. 17 year old rich dad poor dad is 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 the book and it's easy to read Mm. second book right now probably david goggins can't be hurt um and that's not you're not gonna learn anything from that book except for your life isn't that bad yeah so (laughs) you could push through some pretty hard shut up and man up woman up and get the job done and quit being a whiny little bitch. Like yeah. That's that's the whole point of that book, and I think everybody should read it. My, my mm-hmm. takeaway from that, because I don't want to live David Goggins' life. I don't I either, but I can learn from him. I can you can, like, you, if I'm 1% yeah. of him, I'm still a hard ass. Well, yeah, so yeah. I was uh, having some back pain, which I'm still having, and I was like, I got to do whatever. And it's like, David Goggins is running on broken feet for 100 miles, yeah. and yeah. I'm complaining about it like a back twinge or yeah. whatever, you know what I'm saying? So it, that, I but full disclaimer, that David mind. Goggins is a psychopath, all right? Nobody, <laughs> should, with nobody should be him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you should be him. like him. You will fail, but you'll be better. Yeah, there, there's crazy people out there. So I would pick my two, and I have some recency bias, of course. But the ones that like, if Reese's I was bias, recency, recency. You don't like Eminem's as much. I've really got a Reese's bias, man. Ooh, I think Reese's <laughs> are the best candy. I don't know how we got derailed by that, but go ahead, Blake. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I would say "Set for Life" by Scott Trench is like every kid nice. out of high school or in high school should read read that. I do agree. And then never split the difference because everything in your life. is Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. That's one that I've heard about a lot, but I've you got I mean I the same way, and I push it off, and I push it off. And it blew my freaking mind. I, okay. Quick side story. I told my brother he needs to get this because he was going to negotiate with his boss for a raise. basically a different position, not, not even just a raise. I thought he wanted a raise. He reads the book. He does the thing. I talked to him a month later. He uh, literally doubled what he was making, got the position he was working out in the field as a welder. He didn't want to do that anymore. He's like, I want to be in the office. He, like, totally changed his job completely. Mm. And I asked him, I was like, Man, I'm shocked to get this phone call for one. I was like, way to go. That book paid off. You know, 15 yeah. bucks is well worth it. Um, but This master class has, like, actual examples and, like, uh, role-playing in it. I so it's $99, but check out master class. Chris Voss, yeah. amazing. And I, I asked him, I upright, and again, this is my brother. I was like, do you think you would have got what you got without reading that book? For He's like, 100% no. Like, I would have got something probably because it was, you know, of course, it's not like he just walked up to some random person and asked for 100 grand, you right. know. So there was some history there that he's working on. He still earned it. But he, he earned it. But he learned yeah. the tools of how to make it. Well, well, the thing is, here's the, here's the thing about that book, not to get too sidetracked, is it's not that you're out negotiating whoever you're negotiating with or against, however you want to look at that. It's the fact that you're you're showing them how your way is better for everybody. Hmm. So the boss of this business is like uber excited. It's just a communication book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's so excited for what my brother's doing. And so it's like a win-win. He's going to have a better business by the end of it as long as everyone holds up their end of the bargains. Nice. And uh, yeah, and then my brother And by the way, if you spot. grew up before cell phones, you probably communicate this way naturally. But mm-hmm. I really think the decline of humanity and communication has been social media and texting and all that stuff. And so yeah. like we actually need books like this to bring us back to how we used to communicate. Same thing with like making friends and influencing people. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, you know how the, just by saying somebody's name and looking them in the eye, you can literally change their outlook on you. Yep. yep. Like, you know, ending in an inflection in your sentence instead I of listen an, to, to yeah. down. How do you probably, 
how to win friends, influence people, surely. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone, yeah. Yeah. I had that audiobooks are great by the way. I probably yeah. at least fifty times when I was like That's an old book too. That's like nineteen. It's really good. It's pretty short, yeah. but <clears throat> that's one I still actually And the, the best one about anyway. It's not like, gonna blow your mind like anything in there is like a secret, like you've no. never heard of it, but it's yeah. something that it emphasizes the importance think. of things that yeah. you already do or should do. Yeah. Yeah. But never split the difference. The best part too is the stories, like a lot of these nonfiction stories. Unless how we asked for book requests and he gave us a book summary. Hey, I'm care. just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying real quick. The exciting part, yeah, I really like him. <laughs> the ex- exciting part is all of his stories are like beyond dope. It's people yeah. that are being like held hostage. It's yeah. bank robbery he's an FBI situation. hostage negotiator. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's not so. like, oh, we got a better deal in a uh, business thing, which is cool to hear about too, but it's like, hey, they, they're literally every 10 minutes shooting somebody in a bank until you get them th- what they want. Kind and of talk about high stress. Yeah, and like every and he's word negotiating counts, that. Yeah. So. Anyways, back to and you. then your bonus book, <laughs> I think, would be uh, The Millionaire Next Door because that's something oh. our society needs to learn right now is you don't, uh, like, with Gucci Man and all these people out there like Kim Kardashian and stuff that blowing their money constantly, like, yeah, you can be a multi-millionaire and walk around in a flannel t-shirt and drive a Prius if you want. Like, look at Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. They're not wearing Gucci belts. They're not wearing $700 Air Force Ones. Mm -hmm. They're probably wearing the same Adidas tennis shoes for $35 than I am. So, like, putting your money where it matters versus putting money where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Is is, is is actually a sign of wealth and intelligence with that wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this built to... How did you buy your business? <laughs> now we're finally halfway through the podcast at our topic. Yeah, so the partnership I bought it from, I actually did a... Um, a, a an owner, what, owner financing. Owner finance deal. Owner finance deal. Um, so put 10% down and then uh, was able to... Uh, takeover operations um, as soon as I got a license I got the license basically the day that they dropped their license and uh, you know bought their assets and and uh, uh, went from there so yeah yeah I mean um, now now it's 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 interesting man it's an interest it's been a ride it's been a real ride yeah man yesterday uh, so three days ago I got notified no two days ago really uh, three days ago was the board alcohol board Two days ago, I got notified that we um, are approved for our beer and wine license. Sweet. And then yesterday, I got a call from the borough saying that we needed to get a zoning permit to serve alcohol because there had never been a zoning permit in the area. Maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> but so there I'm, had I'm never been a zoning yeah, permit. The borough knows yeah. anyway, so shoot. Um, <laughs> we all know now. <laughs> everybody knows now. <laughs> there had never been, a, apparently, a zoning permit permit according to the borough uh for that for that zone huh so do you have to get like a variance or i have to just put in an application by tuesday uh but i need the owner's uh signature on it Mm. um but he's out of town so Hmm. i'm gonna figure that one out yeah yeah it'd be interesting yeah so what has so this book you brought in and we kind of had discussed a little before we started yeah. um, the think your way to wealth which is and I haven't read it but from what you've told me is very much about a, a mindset to get to these positions yeah so uh, what's what's a few takeaways like what has have you done with your mindset to get you where you're at yeah absolutely um, man so I've, I've I've just been listening to this and like riding my bike into work. Mm-hmm. every day for the last several weeks and uh it's been so good so it's an interview long form interview with uh between napoleon hill and andrew carnegie um 
Google both those gentlemen. They're they're both a wealth of knowledge. Just insane. Andrew it's Carnegie so died. We just were looking. I didn't realize he died in 1919. So this is like forever. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought oh, he was like the, the first self help book guy. I think uh, I think his first one book was like in 1893. No, I think it was like Be Happy or something like that. It was the first ever self help book where it's like, oh, yeah. hey, you can make yourself better. Yeah, mm. I didn't realize it so long nice. ago. So many people yeah. talk about yeah. it. I'm like, how to give a speech while your hands are sweating or something like they got all, all these different series go ahead I'm sorry. yeah no you're good so I'm just gonna read the names of the chapters because um, and I'm, I'm gonna pause after each one of them so you guys can like kind of think a little bit about if you don't mind think a little bit about like what these, these yeah. all mean so chapter one definite definiteness of purpose chapter two the mastermind chapter three attractive personality applied faith Going the extra mile. Organized individual endeavor. Creative vision. Self-discipline. Organized thinking. Learning from defeat. Inspiration. Controlled attention. The golden rule applied. Cooperation. Budgeting time and money. The habit of health cosmic habit force so here's the thing you just read a table of contents that was pretty and good actually right i feel like you were reading me a list of what's lacking in society today. <laughs> absolutely it's almost to a t like i wish all those things was a common trait in the people i deal with on that was basis. dope that, but yeah. but it, yeah, instead we have yeah. a victim mentality we have excuse making we have laziness and lethargic Ism, mm -hmm. lethargicism, whatever that word is. Yeah. Uh, sloth. sloth. Yeah. 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 And literally, we're living in a world of sin, if you will, the six deadly sins, right? Six sloth, sin. glutton, vengeance, all those things where people are just angry because of social media, where they're lazy because of work and all that stuff. And, and this book is literally telling you how to rewire your brain yeah. to think differently. And, I, and honestly, if I can boil everything down to success, it's your brain. You can have a broken body and a good attitude and still be successful, right? You can have no money, a good attitude, good mindset, and still be successful. You can yeah. come from a broken home. Uh, I mean, there is child trafficking people that are getting successful there. I mean, you can have literally any start point and have a very successful end point. But the key denominator in all these different situations are people's outlook. And that whole book seems like it's about that. Absolutely. I mean, Andrew Carnegie says he started as a steel worker in the positions of all of his employees, his employees who say that he builds his wealth on their backs, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he had every single one of their positions growing, going up in the steel um, industry, but he was the one that was able to work, go the extra mile. He was the one that was able to have definiteness of purpose. He was the one who applied his faith and had self-discipline and organized his thinking enough that he was able to climb the ladder he had a mastermind group of friends and people that worked with him and, and they were able to um, come together and, and <clears throat> figure out ways to, to change the, the industry. And he was able to take the price of steel from, I believe it's 120, you can check the book, $120 a ton of steel down to about $19 a ton of steel. Wow. And it was stronger steel, better steel, more abundant, 
and that is what helped build skyscrapers of America for the next hundred years. Yeah. Also like, helped build amazing. my uh, investment portfolio because if you look at U.S. <laughs> Steel, I bought it like four dollars of stock, oh. and right now it's at <laughs> yeah. like thirty-five dollars. We got to think nice. too. This guy's life. He's in the nineteenth century yeah. into the early twentieth. Yeah. Um, nobody's life was good then compared to what we have now. Like everybody had a hard There's life. There's a debate about that. Oh, you think? So? Oh, I mean, totally, there's probably totally. some some rich people that. No, no, no. no. The yeah. debate here is uh, during the Great Depression, which is slightly after this mm-hmm. lifetime. Yeah. Um, but same general time period. Um, it was the Great Depression. It was the worst depression this country's ever had. If you look at GDP growth and and, and the things that factor into that. But if you look at the amount of money that people had versus uh-huh. the amount of money that people needed versus today, the amount of money people have versus needed after inflation after a hundred years, mm-hmm. we're actually in a greater depression nowadays than we were back then. Counterpoint, I think economically you could say that, but like just comfort wise and like what your ease of life, like it's pretty easy these days. Mm-hmm. And I've never lived then, but so back maybe I then, wrong. Maybe they well, felt it was easy. Well, the point, the point <laughs> that, that the study made that I recently read was basically yeah. back then a single male mm-hmm. could feed a family of four on one salary. Mm-hmm. And today we got families that have two to three sources of income in a household that are barely making ends meet. Back then, you know, on a $15,000 a year salary, you could survive. Today, the equivalent of not living paycheck to paycheck is $112,000 a year. I believe that. And, And so, like, times have changed and things that are important have changed. Back then, you didn't have... Playstations, cell phones, right. VR, all these distractions that people are wasting their money on. Gucci belts, right? Back then it was you really a hates house. Gucci belts. Back then, I do. <laughs> Anybody that listens to this and wears a Gucci belt, like you, if you don't have a million dollars in your bank account, you're stupid. Ten um, X. If you don't have ten times the value of something, don't buy it. Unless it's a house, then you call me. <laughs> uh, then leverage yourself. Then to leverage your debt because it's an asset. It appreciates your Gucci belt is not going to be worth more after you wear it. Let's circle back to this interest rate. Yes. I'm kidding. Sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. He knows my no. love for the interest rate right now. Uh, where was I? Uh, talked about society. Everything's going to hell. Yeah, I think we we got the point on that. Right. Yeah. So going back to you. Yeah. So Maybe College Town Pizzeria. You just yeah. bought it. You you're now the owner operator of it. Um, let's talk about entrepreneurship and business. Like, what are some things specifically in your business? Um, or, you know, how are you going to grow the business? What does marketing look like for you? Yeah. Explain overhead. People don't understand that. They think everything's pure profit. If a pizza Dude. costs you $4 and you sell it for $8, you're doubling your income. You're not. You're making, no. what, 75 cents a pizza? Because you got to pay for that rent, the <clears throat> payroll, salaries, insurance, the equipment that you leased, all that stuff. So let's dive a little bit into business, entrepreneurship, and actually like the, the yeah. boots on the ground kind of aspect. Of yeah, yeah. Um, right now, like a cheese pizza is about less than a third of uh, of what I sell it for. Okay. However, <laughs> it is it, it it still doesn't seem like enough. I mean, there there's so many bills, so many people to pay. Um, it, Delivery it's an expensive guys. Thing. Everything. I didn't Everything know that going into business. Like, yeah, I thought real estate was going to be an easy one. Mm-hmm. I sell a house. I keep my money. I didn't know about brokerage splits, insurance, oh, yeah. lead generation, advertising, right. online presence, mm-hmm. employees, taxes. Oh, my God. Feels like everybody wants your money. Everybody wants your money. And at yeah. the end, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I may have made X thousands of dollars, but I'm only walking with a fracture of that. And I know yeah. the food industry, those margins are even more slim. Yeah, the, the margins are slim for sure. Um, I am still learning this business. Mm-hmm. I uh, I know what this business can do, um, and I know that I've I've we we're on track to do better than the last two years. 
but that That's doesn't awesome. mean good job Fairbanks. You know, <laughs> thank you, thank Buy you, Fairbanks. Buy more pizza. So, um, but you know, it's it's still uh, yeah, absolutely slim margins, and uh, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I also feel like Andrew, Andrew Carnegie does, where he's like, you know, your your employees keep saying that you're building all of your wealth on their backs, and I'm like, I Blake says that about me all the time. <laughs> Man, play, come on, bro. I'm real rude. Yeah. Oh, you think yeah. it's bad on the podcast. You wait till we turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I mean, they they sometimes still have that feeling like, oh, I thought you were starting DoorDash so you could make some extra money. Extra money? What? What's extra Do- yeah. money? Mm-hmm. What is ex- the concept of extra money right now? Oh, my word. Hey, if anybody I, has extra money, I always say this. If you have extra money, just send it my way. Because I, yeah. I have a place for every dollar. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and for you listeners who, like me, are super cheap, um, every time I go on DoorDash, I get pissed off when I look at all those fees and stuff. What you don't understand is, like, the business owner themselves are also being charged by DoorDash. It's insane. DoorDash charges the people who make the food. And the people who are receiving the food, and that's their business model. And they spread the difference. That's why you're not paying a $17 delivery yeah. fee because some of that goes to the delivery guy, but most of that goes to DoorDash's pocket, and yeah. it's being paid from both sides. So it's a genius business plan, but it's not like you signed up for it, and now you get all of that money that people are paying to DoorDash. Like, right. that's going to DoorDash. And the other part of that is, you know, people might say, hey, why don't you just uh, hire a delivery driver? So it's the delivery driver wages mm-hmm. on top of insurance that I would have to pay. It's on driving insurance. On top of payroll that on you have of, to yes. add. On top payroll of... Payroll taxes. Yeah. It's insane. So it's it's a bit too much. It's a bit too much. And because if your delivery guy sucks, you get the bad flack for it. If DoorDash yeah. sucks, they at least get the bad flack for it. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But that's true. Hey, that's I made a great pizza. It's that Uber driver that crushed your pizza who's really at fault here. Yeah. Uh, and that does happen, I mean. so Yeah, you still probably get the blame for that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, something else that I'm passionate about: Google reviews and online presence. So, uh-huh. like, how, what's your opinion on that? Like, we yeah. went to a place where people used to look you in the eye and say, "Hey, shake your hand. You made a good, good pie for me. Thank you." Mm-hmm. And now uh, they'll smile at you, walk out the door, and maybe leave you a positive review, maybe leave you a negative review. Yeah. What's What's your opinion on on marketing? on advertising and on just like online presence it's big so uh i'm i'm i need to do better at it <laughs> but, but part do. of that we is all do. yeah blake's the only one that's got it down uh, really well come but, on, blake. good job blake but we got feedback from him lately where it looks like you got too much free time on your hands or something wasn't it that was just my wife like, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at your feed and it's like you know we try to make it like so entertaining uh, entertaining for people yeah. and she's like Maybe we should do some more real estate content. Like, yeah, that's probably well, true. Well, it's that's like funny. this podcast here. It was all supposed to be a real estate. Now we're talking about entrepreneurship. Yeah. We're talking about um, local celebrities and just town that we Well, love. I know we're kind of joking, yeah. but seriously, like the real big point, and this is coming from me and, and talking to some people who do well on social media, is really people want to be entertained. There's yeah. a small segment of people that are like actively looking to learn something, um, but entertainment is... You know, which is kind of sad because it's probably just a waste of time for a lot of people. Well, it's draining yeah, their lives away. <laughs> I wasted an hour and a half this morning watching TikToks. I got up at five o'clock and I was like, I'm gonna have a productive I had day. Head off TikTok. <laughs> Six thirty rolls around. I'm like, I've done nothing. Makes me feel gross. Yeah, because yeah, oh, right. I was like, I'm actually just to trying to waste it. my time. Like, I, yeah. I see the drool going down the side of my lip. <laughs> uh, yeah, down my yeah. Chest. that's how I felt. That's like, it's so, it's and I, I do other social medias, but there's something so viscerally like zombify- zombifying yeah. about uh, just scrolling and hoping for a good video. Yeah, it's, it's literally like gambling. You're like, yeah. maybe the next one will entertain They're me. never good. They're I mean, good. one out of a hundred maybe make yeah. you like grin. Oh, yeah. So 
Sorry. Let's get back to you and uh, all <laughs> my good, friends. Good. So, yeah, um, it's important. It's right? important. The first thing that I did, actually, not the, the first thing. One of the first things I did was to get a new website. So um, I... I even just paid a dude. Local, <laughs> reached online, out. Or online. It's yep. like this guy from Texas who was starting his own like website creation business, and he wanted. Um, he actually reached out to me through TikTok. Funny enough, because mm-hmm. I, I said something about how I just bought a pizzeria on my TikTok, and um, so he reached out and was like, "Do you need a website?" And I was like, "I do need a website. I absolutely do." Because it was like a black thing with a. a, 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 a a little portal for the menu uh, online ordering system and so he put it into something that's much better I do need to update it again and that's gonna it's it's one of those things I kind of want to put it put these things on a schedule of okay now I work on the website again now I work on the menu again now I work on um, you know my advertising plan now I work on um, my like uh, building out my uh, employee handbook or something it's the like same that. thing in real so, estate you gotta work in your business, selling houses, making pizzas, yeah. you also got to work on your business, advertising, right. taxes. You and know, at some point, I want to be above that. But mm-hmm. I, I really right now need to be in the business to save some money on payroll because it's so expensive. <laughs> and because I'm sure you're struggling to hire people like everybody else is in town. I mean, I mean that's not that's not untrue. It's not untrue. Yeah. So um, it's like, <clears throat> sorry, I uh, I'm just I'm trying to find that spot where I can hire somebody good and get away from it. Um, I will be taking less money from the business at that point because I need to pay somebody to, to run the business. And so I need to also support myself. And so I'm, I'm, I'm working toward a savings account where it will support me for several months um, to do that sort of thing. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. I, if I if I have a savings savings account for several months, I feel like I can, and like I, I hate that I don't have that current savings account. I did put a lot into the business, but um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, just being blunt with you. So like, when I have that, I will stop working there every day. I'm probably going to be working in a cafe, working on stuff for <laughs> right college online, time. the digital stuff. But, uh, like, but yeah, being separate, changing the role, right? Changing the role because like when I go to my when I go to work, I, I, you know, feel like I need to be cooking. I feel like I need to be serving people their sodas. I feel like I need to be doing that so, sort and of I thing. And I right appreciate now, that. But real quick, but to, to hit that point home, my biggest problem with, like, the contracting industry, uh, you know, uh, drywall guys, painters, all that stuff, is they're all working in their businesses, right? Yeah. They're all painting and doing that stuff. And that's why their reputation is always going down because I can't get a hold of you. No True. one's answering my questions. You didn't explain your invoice. Your yeah. invoice is sloppy. Your bid was late. All those complaints. And that's what the owner should be doing. The owner should be the guy who's building the website, responding to Google reviews, um, building flyers and promotions, networking, trying to get people in the door. Yeah. And then your team is or family or crew or whatever you want to call them is going to be serving the pizzas and running and operating your business absolutely and in a contracting world they they're swinging hammers so there's nobody to talk to and so and let's that's talk what about you're moving towards yeah let's talk about robert kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant exactly. i mean what he says is you know just about everybody starts in the e everybody the in their teenage years no one i mean yeah minus your lemonade stand is a business owner yeah yeah and um but i'm in the right side i'm on the b and the i side i'm i'm a big businessman and i'm an investor you don't want to be on the e and small 
business side of the quadrant. You listeners, yeah, Blake, go we need look to get out of the small business side. <laughs> I mean, okay, we need so big like, business, man. But what he big always man. recommends is is being in being an S and and learning how to take it to a B. Mm-hmm. That is what he recommends. So that's what I'm doing now. Again, I just read books and I implement the books. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right now trying to just be I. Yeah. So if yeah. you need that savings account, let's talk. I'll give it to you if yeah. I get a monthly share back. Just nice. some interest. Yeah. So some interest. I think, how much is it now? Seven and a half percent? Yeah. We'll go with market averages. All right. Oh, well, let me, let how me many wrap, more times can we talk about interest? <laughs> wrap up a lot of what we're saying. I think I could put it in a neat bow, as Nick would say. All right. Yeah. You know, take us out, to, buddy. Yeah. Take us out here. Mm. Is there is always in your life, you will get to a point where you feel stuck in a position that you're in, in a business that you own, whatever it is. And what it comes back to, my personal belief, I think is very true, is you have to elevate your mindset and how you think before you can elevate out of that position. So if you are someone who is in an employee paid by the hour mindset, you will be an employee and you'll be paid by the hour until you can elevate yourself out Change of that. Change mindset. Through reading books, listening to podcasts, whatever it may be. But the whole like topic of everything we've talked about today is really is like, hey, you have to be able to elevate a mindset. Um, you're going to get stuck, even if you're a big business owner and you're like tired of working 80 hours a week on it. It's like, yeah, you're successful. You have all this money and stuff. There's somebody out there who's doing it better than you. There's a Richard Branson who owns 500 businesses and you're struggling to own one. I don't think he one. has a Gucci belt. And he may not have a Gucci belt. But the point is, is like, he's obviously, he has the same amount of time. He's a human. So how can he run 500 times as many businesses as you have? You know, so there's always something where it's like, hey, you can elevate out of that. Yeah. And then I want to take it back to Chase to give a big sales pitch for the College Town Pizzeria as we close out. Like, <laughs> Oh, you want to talk about the Wicked Chicken Pizza? I want to talk about the Wicked Chicken. <laughs> I specifically said uh, we're not yeah. going to talk about it, but I'm totally talking about I wanna, it. I want to talk Dude, pizza this for is a little <laughs> bit here. Yeah. What he's doing right now is he's pressuring me to put it on the new menu. <laughs> this was not fair. I'm, I'm trying to take it off the menu because nobody orders it. Nobody I'm a nobody. About it. <laughs> no, no, uh, you're not a nobody. Look, what I'm trying to say is generally speaking, y'all don't order it, so I'm probably going to take it off the menu. So yeah. Hey, guys. you vote with your dollars, people. Yes. Vote with your dollars. Look, so with here's a fundraiser you. I want to do. Everybody uh, in the next week, <laughs> call College Town Pizzeria, order oh, yourself no. one, two, maybe even three Wicked Chicken pizzas, okay. and in the comments say, Nick sent me. All right? Mm-hmm. If you do that, I'll get a feedback here in about a week or two, and we'll see how many people actually ordered some Wicked <laughs> Chicken pizzas. Get uh, that pizza. Funny. Oh, man. No. Ten cents will go to charity. So you're, you're redoing the menu, though? Uh, redoing the menu, yeah. We're, we're dropping it from 39 pizzas, signature pizzas, down to... 22 pizzas. Um, Using the Apple model, less options. And then it makes yeah. personally sense. Everybody says less options. You're, you're taking away. Th- it's not. You're you're improving the, the, the lower, the, the streamlined system that you have, right? Yeah. And so you got, you got data now since 2020 yeah. on what the best selling pizzas are. And sometimes you got to cut fat to improve what you got your yeah. cash cows and then what that also does it frees up some time right. for you to maybe come up with some other signature pizzas in the future right and you never Absolutely. know what the holds well, look at the extreme version of that I had a favorite burger joint down south and what did they make they made burgers they made fries and they made milkshakes and that is it mm-hmm. they didn't offer onion rings they didn't yeah. offer anything else mm-hmm. but they had the best freaking burgers you could. if you want a burger you, you knew where to go kind of thing so that's yeah. a similar idea it's like alright yeah you can have an overload of all these options or you can have really good pizzas that people actually want it's like hey then you don't have people like not being able to decide what they want you know because that's yeah. a big deal too so so I've had this good thing choice. where everything I've said on the podcast has not because of the podcast but magically occurred and so my, my big idea right now is I want a you know we have always coffee huts around town uh-huh. i want one that just makes a very good chicken sandwich mm. 
Chick-fil-A style, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I want it Nashville hot chicken. I want it only open oh, during right. lunchtime. I want it only drive-through. There is going to be one menu item, and that way you can serve everybody quickly because I hate going to the coffee lines and trying to order my one cup of coffee and somebody's ordering four burritos and it takes me an hour to get to the front, okay? <laughs> so it's only one item. It's it's express. It's it's fresh. It's good. So if anybody's listening wants to be an investor, let me know. We're going to open up a Nashville hot chicken hut yeah. here in town oh, somewhere. Yeah. Nice. Please. We might serve sidetracks. Go, let's go back to pizza. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Pizza? Well, yeah. Nashville hot chicken pizza. <laughs> oh, there we you go. Guys are, you guys are just, uh, you know, it's not that I don't want to do that because that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. However, 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 reality. I mean, everybody's ordering smoke jumpers. Everybody's ordering jalapeno papas. Oh, it's so good. good yeah, yeah. Oh. So the, the, I have some staples on my menu and I'm trying to keep You've those staples. you got great options. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think that developing those options and just making the um the what i do better or concentrate on that because if i do too many things like one of the first things that i did also was to get rid of the low carb bowls literally the last owner was the only one who was ever making those Mm -hmm. the guy that i um the the cook that i inherited didn't even know how to make those Mm. but we had every once in a while somebody would come in and say hey do you still offer the low carb bowls and i'm like i'm so sorry no i do not Mm -hmm. and it's just like it crushes some people i had to take anchovies off the menu Mm -hmm. man um but it's like 15 dollars a tin of anchovies and the last owner would throw away half of them (laughs) well (laughs) he was supposed to anyway and that's the thing that's the thing the health inspector would not have liked it if i were to say, um, yeah, I have this $15 tin of, of anchovies been in here for a month. We've had uh, two people order from it. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, it's just waste. not it. And that's the thing, yeah. right? you're, you're reducing the waste, which is actually doing great for the environment. So um, last question for the day. This no. is going to wrap us up. You got no. a good one? No, I don't have oh. a question. Just saying the only place you can get a pizza by the slice in town, right? Oh, other than Costco. Yeah, it's us and okay. Costco. Oh, okay. Forever at Costco. Mm-hmm. But anyways, go ahead. Just had to have that Does pineapple belong on pizza? Ooh, that's the question of the day. Mm-hmm. All right, that's up for you to decide. Does pineapple belong on pizza? There we go. We'll put it on the poll. So as you listen to this podcast, please scroll down to the bottom on the poll, and you answer okay. for us, does pineapple belong on the pizza? You. Thank you. Wow, is this a little... That's so goofy, man. That's weird. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this uh, studio shenanigans happening here. So thanks for listening today. Again, uh, Cotchtown Pizzeria, please go check out the Wicked Chicken Pizza. <laughs> Say <laughs> that Nick last. sent you. And uh, this uh, might be your last chance to get it. Well, hey, pause. You, when we talked about this a little bit before, you can yeah. probably still order that, right? Like you can do your Build own. Build your own pizza. Build your own pizza. Um, so the, <clears throat> the other problem with the Wicked Chicken is that it uses mango habanero, which yeah. neither of my suppliers sell i literally have to order it from amazon i mm-hmm. haven't found it from um I, I sometimes find it at walmart but not that much yeah. not that often so i have to order that base sauce and actually that sauce is going off the menu on uh our i love mango habanero don't think i'm a mango habanero hater <laughs> i love it. it it used to be one of my favorite sauces mm-hmm. um shout out to honey sriracha though i'm just saying that's my boy <laughs> but um <laughs> But but that's another reason why the wicked chicken's going away because Makes it's sense. like between corn and beans and anchovies and things that other things that go bad or don't really get ordered that much on pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big reasons for cutting it down from thirty nine to twenty two is that it's just going to be so much more easy for myself and future employees who need to order things to order things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Cool. 
improving the business. Yeah. 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 All right, Blake, take us out. Yep. Thanks for having Chase here, of course. Go get some pizza. And, uh, yeah, I think that's good. Thanks, Nick. See you around. All right, guys. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh.